Hello, everybody. We are back again on a Tuesday evening on Knowledge is Power podcast live along with my co-host, Francis Larkin. Tonight, we've got some special <laughs> guests that's backstage waiting to bust on the scene. But let us tell you about a little bit about Knowledge is Power podcast live. And Francis, why don't you tell them? Sure. Knowledge is Power Podcast Live is a platform to share important information by educating Southeast Texas African-American communities with valuable information on health, education, financial wellness, politics, and business. Oh, great. And Knowledge is Power Podcast Live is now on Spotify, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Google Play, and along with Facebook. So if you're around, check us out at Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. We've got great guests coming aboard, and we'll be right back. Yes, we do. Knowledge is Power Podcast Live with your host, Tony Redfield, and my co-host, Madonna Sherwood and Francis Lawkins. Knowledge is Power Podcast Live starts now. All right, our guest tonight is the greatest coach out of Southeast Texas, put off the Lincoln High School, Bummer B. The legendary head coach, Joe Washington Sr. Ah, and Joe Jr. Little Joe. How are you, Joe? How are all the Washington guys? And Kenny Washington as well. And Arthur Lee, a good family member of the family of the Washington family, is joining us tonight. Coach, tell everybody in Port Arthur and the Golden Triangle hello. Hello, everybody. Miss you guys. I can't wait until this old with so I can get down there and and get back with my friends and reminisce a little bit. Yeah, coach, you still think you, you still think you can coach a little bit, huh? Coaching, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about over. Yeah, yeah, the game has changed a little bit. Yeah. Well, not a little bit, but quite a bit. But coach, um, you know, you were one of the last, one of the last living head coach from the old Purview League, uh, and uh, you you were born and raised in uh, Rosenberg. And I was reading a book, and those who have not read the book, The Thursday Night Lights, they need to pick up that book and and, and read about the history of of the Black African-American schools and athletes that came through the Prairie View View League. So, Coach, tell me, and and I read that in the book, that you were self-taught. How did you do that? I was what? You were self-taught. You taught yourself the game of football. Well. Uh, being born in the 20s in a small town, you, you're not available to coaching and, and those things. So we played a lot of sandlot football, and I, I think that's what I was referring to. Well, you know, Coach, the uh, uh, you are you after you come from the Army, you was coaching also in the Army as well, right? You was teach, playing the football in the Army as well, right? In Hawaii, right? That. Uh, I played Air Force football, and it was amazing. A little man coming from a, a Sandlot League and making an Air Force team with all those officers, it was really a miracle. 
And you and from there you went on to Prairie View. Correct. And from Prairie View you went to Bay City. Bay City, yes. Bay City. I know it was a struggle. To, you know, I know back then in those days that I read about this, you didn't even have a gym to, to, to the guys to even address. They had to dress in the classroom before they go to a ball game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, coach, it was in a book. Is that it was in a book? Well, things were different. We you didn't have much uh, finances back in those days for the small town schools, especially black schools. Yeah, I know. And being around, uh, being around football all my life as a as a child, uh, my uncle was a, a football ref, uh, official. And uh, his friends was all coaches and officials. So I was around in the early, late 50s and 60s and watched a lot of that, experienced it and watched a lot of that. And um, it's that, the, you know, the equipment was lacking, the, uh, the, uh, the facilities was, was poor, but you managed to, to organize, uh, you had organized football. Yes, and one of my biggest aims and objectives was to furnish my young men with equipment that they could be proud of. And I would like to say that Bay City Hilliard, although it started out very meager, but we wound up one of better programs for class A school, black school in that area. And from Bay City, now, now we're about to get real good in this conversation. Now from Bay City, you, you were there almost uh, 10 years, right? Before 12 years. 12 years. 12 years, right. But in 1965, you moved to Port Arthur. What made you move to Port Arthur? <laughs> long story. Long story. <laughs> yeah. Integration was on our heels. And uh, a young man who wanted to be a head coach, I felt that my chances of being head coach at Bay City High School was nil and none. So I took the opportunity that came along going to Port Arthur to become the head coach. It was a heck of a challenge though. I bet it was because when you come to when you came come to Port Arthur in 1965, you was about to face some of the toughest competition in the state of Texas. And coming from a two-way situation where the staff was not nearly comparable to that five-A situation. You're absolutely right. It was a challenge. Right now, I'm like little Joe. I don't, you're a little bit older than I am, but I was around just like you was, and with footballs running down the tower with a tower on the sideline. <laughs> Do you remember back then, uh, when the they had more whites at our games than blacks? And we sit on one, all of us sit on one, two teams sit on one side, the blacks sit on one side, and the whites sit on the other side. Oh, well, you know, well, you know what? I remember, you know, going to uh. Port Arthur when all of that, you know, when uh, desegregation started and, you know, we start, you know, integrating, you know, the playing of the uh, team. But uh, I tell you what, when we when we play those teams, you know, uh, our stands, were, they, they, were, they were pretty loaded, too. I don't remember them not being, uh, you know, uh, full on our side. I right. really don't. Right. But, uh, Coach, uh, the challenge that you had to have, you had to go against the, the greats of Bubba Smith and Coach Ray Smith coaching and the great uh, Ozan. Ozan from, from Heber. Man, that's, that's, that was a high tower here to climb. 
John Gallison Ball wasn't bad either. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That was no, no. That was Galveston Central. You remember back in the sixties? Right. Central, yeah, that's right. Right. They they wasn't nothing to play with either. Absolutely. Yeah, it, 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 it was it was murder, no doubt about it. So we were very fortunate. Francis? Oh, yeah. I'm sitting here um, processing it all. I've seen so much greatness and rich in history right before my eyes. I was just wondering what was the greatest challenge? I can imagine there being um, a ton of challenges, not just in competition for that position, but also just um, just with the desegregation and all the adversities like your players had to face. I see movies all the time and I'm sure that movies like uh, the Titans and things of that sort does not really give a wide or an exact idea of what you were experienced. So can you can you speak to that a little bit with your players being that of African-American and playing um, someplace like Port Arthur or Port Natchez, sorry, Port Natchez Indians or Port Natchez Groves? How was that experience for you guys? Well, fortunately, when I was in Bay City, we scheduled teams that were in bigger schools, a lot of schools from the Houston area, San Antonio. So the scheduling of schools wasn't a big problem. The team in itself was not my problem. It was the organization, the coaching situation that was the biggest challenge to me. I was, a, I was accustomed to competition, young lady, because we played many of the largest schools in, in the area. As a matter of fact, my last year at D.C., we played a team out of the Port Arthur District, Lamarck. We beat them 2A school with the, the we beat them 24 to 6. Wow. And then we went into the in, into Port Arthur with that kind of experience. So what I'm trying to say is the team was not frightful. It was the other situation that was frightful, all the organization that we had to face. Right. So when you arrived in Port Arthur in 66, um, that was a big that was a big difference in in, in the um, you had a gym at the school and you've had some of the facilities uh, that you needed. But how was it like when you first come to Port Arthur? <laughs> it was a nightmare. <laughs> I, uh, my first day on the job in Port Arthur was June twenty second, the summer, June twenty second. Now that was frightful in a couple of months you're going to have to organize and be playing football. That that was my problem. And plus, I had to pull my, you see those two young men behind you doing 10? That was <laughs> a problem. Leaving Bay City, they're blue and white. Yeah. They were not ready to look at any purple and gold. All their young lives, they were looking to play for Hilliard High School. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Hey, Kenny, um, uh, not Kenny, but Little Joe. Um, hi, I was reading in 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 the um, you and I are in the same time, same era. Mm -hmm. I was reading in the Thursday Night Lights about um, you playing little league football. I mean, not little middle school football, and and your dad had never seen you play <laughs> because he was so busy coaching the high school. 
Right. And the kid and the coaches was telling him, they said, hey, this this is the baddest kid we got on the team, you know. So how 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 was it like, you know, knowing that you that you want to play for your dad and at that time you were still in middle school and coach when did you know recognize that you, that that little Joe was a was a athlete? Well, go ahead, coach. I thought it was the right director of me. I had been watching my boys in Bay City play standout football, and whenever the kids were gathering around, Joe and Ken were the first kids they would choose, and most of the boys were bigger. So I was aware of their ability, but. Uh, playing high school football was something I just looked forward to. It the, the thought never entered my mind as whether or not they would be able to compete. Never mm. entered my mind. How did you feel, little Joe, at that time when you was in the ninth grade? When you moved from the eighth grade to the ninth grade and started playing with with the varsity? Well, well, well. First of all, Kim and I, you know, like like Dad said, you know, we we played with the bigger kids all the time, and. I don't think we ever even considered whether we were good or not. All we wanted to do was play. <laughs> and, and, and and we felt, you know, that, you know, we, we obviously, you know, we're good enough to play because they were always choosing us to play. And shucks, and, and we were out there. So I think both of us, once we, you know, the, the key thing that both of us wanted to do more than anything else is play together and play for dad. Mm. And that was the one thing that, you know, we were always looking forward to. So the minute I hit Lincoln, you know, from the middle school, that was my intention. I didn't, you know, I, I was going to get on that varsity some kind of way. If I had to blow up all the running backs legs or whatever, I was going to get on. <laughs> I was, I was going to, hey, I was going to be playing some kind of way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, because, you know, that's what I wanted to do. And, right. you know, we were both, you know, fortunate enough to, Kim and I, to, you know, get that opportunity early. And uh, it was, for the most part, something that, you know, we kind of expected. Yeah. Let me interject something here right quick. Uh, L.S. Wise was the reason for the season. I've never wanted to project my boys as a football coach. I've watched other uh, fathers and sons on teams, how they talked of them. I never want to be one of those kind of coaches who put my kids above the other kids. But LSY came to me and said, look, coach, you need to get Joe, your son. Well, I, I knew Joe was an athlete, but I was not going to be the one to pick him out. But you mm -hmm. know what I'm trying to say? I didn't want people to think that I'm favoring my kids. I've right. always taken the low road when it came to my boys in athletics. Yeah. But that's why I say, look, coach, you need to take him so there's no point in he staying down here with us. Right, right. So, uh, Joe, now, I remember in, in your freshman year, you, you played wide receiver, right? Right. Yeah, starting off, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, now, Kenny, you were still in junior high school, middle school. <laughs> I was seventh grade. You're still green. <laughs> but, but that's okay. You know you, but you did come when you came on the scene. You guys came, and it was a five-year run. 
Well, you know, I, I always try and take the credit that I got them ready for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. The Savior. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, hey, you know, he, you know, you all laughing, but I'm going to tell you, he really was the Savior. Because let me tell you something. When this rascal got there, hey, they went on the tear. They never, hey, they never lost a district game the whole three years he was there. Right. You know, you know, they can laugh and all that stuff. That yeah, I got them playing, I ran for your but this rascal here, hey, he kept him from losing, I'm telling you. Yeah, well, it, was, Kenny, it was a pleasure to watch. Yeah, Kenny was more of a game management here on the field. All right, coach. Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. yeah he, he, no, that ain't all up. He was the sorest loser I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, hey, let me tell you. This boy, you talking about competitive? I have never seen a person as competitive as he is. I I was competitive, and I could kind of have it, but this guy here, I'm talking about somebody that just refused to lose at anything and lose games. I'm, I'm just telling you. That's how he was. Where do you think he uh, picked up that competitive spirit uh, from, Mr. Ken? Where did you, how do you, where do you feel that came from? Well, I, I think most of it came from, from the fact that I've watched my father coach and how fiery he would get on the sideline. <laughs> uh, the other part is, is that I had the pleasure of always tagging along with my brother. And so uh, I would see that he would do so well. And, you know, I, I didn't want to go home and have to get in the bed and have to think about that I didn't do anything very well. Pressure was on. The, the biggest thing was, is that it was, more than anything, it was fun. Uh, yeah, winning is fun, but playing is more fun than not getting to play and losing. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying is that it's just the idea that I was playing. And as Joe was saying, I mean, we used to sit up every night and talk about playing together and what that meant as far as uh, we were concerned and playing for my dad. But I, I always kind of measured myself a little bit to Joe because Joe was very good and he let me tag along with him. So I didn't want to disappoint him. So when we would play, I wanted to play as hard as I could. And I hey, but let me tell you one, one thing that, you know, always the kids and, and, and I think, you know, we, we realized, you know, you know, that we did have some skills and talents, but, the kids, you know, when you're playing with kids, the one thing you can always say, they're going to be honest about who has skills and who doesn't have skills. You, know, you get away from the adults and the parents and everything, and it's just you out there. You know who's who and who's this and who's that. And, I, you know, they would never play if Kim and I were playing on the same side. Together. So we were always, for the most part, paired against each other and have to compete and I hate that. I said, oh no, I got to play against him again. You know, it was, and that's just and that's just how it was most of the time. But I tell you what, when we finally did get together with Dad at Lincoln, let me tell you, it was unbelievable. It I, was it it, it 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 wasn't anywhere I mean I, it, it was a most unbelievable thing that I but hey everything else for me at that point when we got a chance to play together, after that, everything was just icing on the cake. Mm. Yeah, that was it. Was it was a one hell of a run? Because let me tell you something, 
when uh, um, I watched you play against, I didn't can watch you too much because when y'all play, we played. But um, but when I did get a chance to see you play, it was it was amazing. You know, we would all go out and look for uh, number twenty four. But I got to thinking. I said, boy, you know, number twenty four run like Lent, uh, the Baltimore <laughs> coach. Um, uh, um, I can't think anymore. Uh, That's right, Lenny Moore. Yeah. And you look just like Lenny Moore, but you wasn't blue and white. <laughs> 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 so, my question is, how did you guys come up inside of those numbers? You was nineteen and you was twenty-four. How do you was that part? Of, was that part of something I was thinking about? <laughs> Absolutely, huh, Kim? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, he was you, number nineteen because of Johnny United. Oh, he was the black Johnny United. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he, let me tell you what. He was definitely the black Johnny United. Tell yes, you, sir. Hey, that's how he could. Hey, that's how he handled himself in the huddle at practice during the game. I'm telling you, hey, he was the Black John United. Hey, you know what's so funny, Joe, and little Joe, is that when um, when Kenny played, he looked like and he played like he was 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah. I mean, yeah. Seriously, until I stood on the side of him. <laughs> 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 this guy ain't no more than 5'9". <laughs> Hey, but look, hey, here, here's the killer thing. You know, when you say, you know, he played like he was 6'5", six, 6'4", six, right. I mean, his presence on the field was like he was, I mean, he was big. Because right. when Dad was sending the plays in, Kim, Kim didn't get to the huddle. Kim, the huddle was about three or four yards from where he was standing. He'd stand back away from the huddle. So everybody could see that he's waiting for the play to call, call me with his hands on his hip. Right, right. Hey. <laughs> and, and and hey, look when the when the kid would come in to, you know, give him the play, Kim would act like he wasn't even there. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. you know, he, you know, he, he, the guy kid would just come and tell him what he, had, you know, what he had to call, and and he'd step into the hole and tell everybody to be quiet and call <laughs> the play, man. <laughs> I, I, I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes, <laughs> and I watched him play. I, boy, look how smooth he is, and how he stands behind that huddle, waiting on the play to come in. And he walks up to, to the huddle and get down there. And yeah, said, boy, look at him. And then Joe, Tony, the teachers, man. <laughs> and then, and then Joe, Bay City uh, quarterback named uh, Ronnie Smith. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the time I got to Port Arthur, there was Larry Green and there was Leonard Iceman King. So, yeah. you know, those guys uh, uh, was a big influence on me. And they were the, the the king of cool when I saw them play. You know, they right. they uh, exemplified what a leader and, and a good quarterback. Uh, right. In my eyes, especially in high school, what I thought they should be as far as teams that my father coached. Well, you know... <clears throat> One night you all came to Beaumont, Texas. You know, that's a hard place to come and play. <laughs> you know, either you're playing the Charlton Pollard Bulldogs or the Hebert Panthers. Great athletes, but let me tell you something. I saw a team watch the study you guys morning, noon, and night. Watch the films morning, noon, and night, six days a week. They was going to kill the Bummer Bees. <laughs> and that Saturday night, little Joe... 
made honey around the goalpost. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that one before. That yeah, four, yeah, four, yeah, four touchdowns for halftime. Wow. But that was, uh, I think that was uh, your senior year. Yeah, I mean, senior year, senior year yeah. and the week before that, you you you, you ran over by uh, Hebert. So, you know, yeah, y'all dominated that year. And okay, Kenny, you, tell you what, you know, I'm, that game, and Kim will tell you, we had a pregame. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, talk from from a, a certain person over there that we all know and love. My namesake. Let me tell you something. I I can't remember one word he said, but I tell you what, everything he said that night, I was a hey, we were fired up. Oh. That was one of his best. I wish we could have taken that one. I'm yeah. telling you, yeah. Kim, you remember that? Yeah, you know when whenever we talk to. Uh, it, uh, teammates from their team, they talk about, man, you remember we were playing Charles Paul. They said, Coach Watson started talking about what we going to do. He said, man, by the time we got ready, I wanted to run through that door and kill somebody. You know? <laughs> I mean, we were just, I mean, it was like he said, uh, you gonna go, it, it wasn't in a calm, but you're going to go and play the best football you ever played. And I think that at that point, we uh, against Charlton was probably our best game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I it was one one of y'all best games. You know? Yeah, uh, because I've seen you you guys run right around right on through the league here in this area. Um, but um, it, but I'm gonna go back to we're gonna come back to that conversation because I want to let folks know that that the that's the, the younger people that's watching and those that's gonna watch the show because between the next ten days we we'll have maybe twenty thousand people to watch this show. But I want the youngsters, the young kids, and those younger young men that's growing up to understand that and know that Joe Washington Jr. was an all-American running back for the uh, Oklahoma University. I mean, no, University of Oklahoma, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Ken was in, uh, went to uh, North Texas State and Ken has, in the last year, was inducted into the Texas High uh, Hall of Fame. Yep. Right? Yep. So I mean, it just didn't start right there on the streets of Port Arthur. These guys have taken has taken it to two or three levels up. So, Coach, I want to ask you something because it's very important. I want to ask this because not important, but uh, I want to talk about integration. Mm -hmm. uh, the integration really, and I know for a fact it did. Integration changed the game. Yes, it did. Uh, but I mean paraphrase this though, I was not a, 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 a advocate of integration. I mm -hmm. like the preview intersection league. I like playing in the uh, black league. But change, time changes things, so I had no control over that. Integration had, had its opportunities and integration had its uh, deficiencies. So Yes, and to answer your question, integration did change the game of football. Absolutely, and it changed the 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 the, the makeshift of of the black schools. It take it took the good teachers and coaches away and moved them. It took kids away and moved them to uh, uh, white schools that those kids didn't have a clue what they was doing and what they were doing over there. Uh, so coaching with uh, being around so long. The coaching 
uh, uh, skills was different than it was at the at an integrated school. They talk technique. Hey, coach, I know you guys looked at talent. <laughs> Yeah, you have a point there. Uh, although in integration element was there, and it, there are many pluses with uh, the integration. But the black coaches were not only barking at kids about their physical activity on the field, they wanted those kids to do what their mama wanted them to do. We, those were one of our main elements. Every, every, district that I was in, in the black school, all the coaches felt the same. They were more concerned about those kids doing what mama and papa wanted them to do. Not saying that other coaches across town were not of the same caliber, but we had other things on our mind and simply could have been because the limitation of our coaching could have forced us to go in, in routes of that sort that make us more concerned about the individual themselves. You know, I, I grew up with uh, Ritter, Coach Ritter Ray Smith and his boys. And um, and I, uh, I can imagine what it was like coaching uh, with your sons. I, I, I was probably one of the best six years of your life right there, coaching your sons. Absolutely. And uh, of course, you get to the point, though, that your son, just like the other kids, you treat them all the same, but in your heart, there are there's a different feeling. So <laughs> yeah, no. no doubt about it. No doubt about it. You're right about that. But you try not to show. I try not to show any favoritism toward my kids. But oh, the, he did. He, 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 he did a good job of that. He did. Yeah, you did a good job. Well, let me ask you, Coach. Did you put the paddle? Put did you put the paddle on him? Uh, no, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't, I didn't do that. To. No. I didn't have to. You didn't have to. No, I did. <laughs> I let the other coaches take care of me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what the other thing you do? You bring it home and tell our mother. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one that you know. It welded the belt. That's that is for sure. That's that's how I worked on my moves and stiff arm for mom. I she's swinging that belt. And she said, "Don't you run from me!" And I'm stiff arm and I'm jumping and turning off. Shoot, man. <laughs> that was a workout. <laughs> hey, Joe, you probably had to tape up your ankles on that one, huh? Yeah, hey, I did. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Listen, let's let's talk about your career, little Joe. Uh, you was an you were the All American running back out of uh, actually you was All State running back out of high school and became an All American running back out of Oklahoma. Uh, what it was like leaving from a high school, a four A high school, and going to a a major college and playing collegiate football for Oklahoma Sooners? Well, I'd have to say, you know, I think. My childhood, you know, my relationship with my brother, my father, you know, being able to play in a big, you know, 4A situation, I think, you know, all of that, you know, prepared me to, you know, to get to that particular point. You know, uh, Kim and I, uh, we were never, you know, uh, afraid to work hard, and we did. 
And, you know, one thing my uh, parents always uh, expressed to us, and especially dad, is that, hey, don't let anybody outwork you. That's what he'd always tell you. And um, I think, you know, that helped, helped a lot of things. You know, it helped a lot of things. If and, I may interject, I'm sorry. That's all right. Go ahead. If I may interject, um, I was reading, and, you know, Internet can give you falsified information, but I read that uh, Oklahoma was not your first choice. No, it wasn't. I initially, okay. I initially was thinking about going to LSU. And can you tell us why? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about going to LSU because, well, okay, number one, it was purple and gold like Lincoln. You know. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's number not number two, one. Number two, it you know uh, they played at they played their games at night. And number three, they had grass. Oh, very. And that was you know I I I was really concerned about going to a school that had artificial turf. Um, uh, you know, seeing that I played on grass all all my life. Okay. So I was I was really concerned about that. So with that, and it was, of course it was close, and I knew my parents, you know, and family would get a chance to you know see me play. So all of those reasons, you know, uh, oh, and and they assured me that you know uh, I, I supposedly wanted to you know go to dental school. So they had a you know pretty good dental school. So oh. I was thinking along those particular lines, but uh, luckily for me, it didn't work out. <laughs> so you Oklahoma was the right choice. Oh yeah, absolutely. Very good. Absolutely. But Joe, you made you made your mark at Oklahoma. I tell you <laughs> something. I you can YouTube. And I, I love to go back and look at those highlights on on, on YouTube. Uh, you running uh, now. You almost you came. You was voted second for Heisman. And you are. I, I was I was third one year and, and fifth one year. You know, we were on probation. We weren't on television, you know, uh, running in the wishbone. It kind of limits, you know, your, you know, output. Plus, you know, I, the teams I played on was so good that, you know, we didn't, hey, we would, we would through finish playing by At half time. Yeah, half time. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you, you weren't going to, you know, put up any stats, but, you know, we had some very good teams. Uh, we won a lot of football games. You sure did. And Kenny, you you went to North Texas State, the, the, the Mean Green, and you played quarterback at the Mean Green. How was the, How was that experience? Uh, it was it was uh, it was different in the regards of when you say you left a uh, historically black high school and you go to an integrated college, uh, especially then because there was a lot of black quarterbacks playing at what they considered division one schools. So that was a little bit new and that was a little bit challenge. Uh, most schools wanted you to play different positions. And uh, one of the reasons that I actually went to North Texas was uh, I, I really wanted to go to Oklahoma. I played with my brother. That was, that was the hardest decision to make, but uh, there were other schools that I considered, but North Texas, at that time, had uh, Hayden Fry as the coach, and Hayden Fry was uh, known to uh, be African American friendly, so to speak, uh, uh, in regards to him recruiting black athletes. And plus, his offense was built upon throwing the football more than running. 
And so I wanted to be a passing quarterback. And most all other schools uh, ran the beers and they ran the wishbone. So that limited to where I wanted to do. And I knew for me, uh, for me to be successful, uh, I needed to go somewhere where it actually utilized my, my skills and not have to adapt my skills to an offense that wasn't for me. So that's why uh, North Texas and uh, it took us a year, but after that, we had three successful seasons and ended up 16th in the nation. Wow. So, so um, I'm going to go back to my, my, my old coach here. Coach, now you watched, did you take the movie tone playbook with you to put off on your offense right out of the movie tone? Did I take, did you repeat that again? The offense that you ran. The offense that you ran. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't from the movie tone playbook, yeah. was it? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. <laughs> you know, as the years passed, we had took away uh, some of our offense, but basically, the first year certainly was the offense that I ran in put off in Bay City at put off to with with a major and minor adjustments. Yeah. Now, did you have to change that offense when when uh, uh, Little Joe started playing running back? Uh, when you say change the offense, you change it to, to yeah. gear to more to because you had a great running back. Yes, and and my offense was always built on a great running back because I've had. Decent running back at Bay City, where it's a pretty nice little running back. And uh, and I watched it. Me and Kim watched them all. <laughs> they were pretty. And they were pretty doggone good too. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. We we made sure that. Let me say one thing about Ken going to North Texas and his, and, his, and the desire to go to OU. I was so glad that he didn't go to OU. Because Ken was not a wishbone quarterback. He was a, a, a pro back. He's a pro quarterback. He's a pass. He controlled the ball. He never would have been able to utilize his abilities having gone to uh, Oklahoma. And then, plus, his mother told them, wherever you go, son, go where we can play. Come to see you guys play. I think that's stuck in that crawl. <laughs> It seems that academia had a lot to do um, with you all as well, Coach. I was reading that you obtained your master's degree way back when, so I'm I'm not surprised that you're, you know, of course, being that it's football, you want to continue to go on in, to higher education. But how was academia um, valued in your household? It did. It did. Yes. Of course, and I told them if I had to pay my way. It was going to preview. But the, <laughs> the ability to pick and choose, I, I couldn't take that those options away from them. Okay. Well, you know, the, the, if we're talking about football and you're at the barbershop or you're around some, some of your old friends and you sit around talking and you just you just sit around talking and sit in the garage talking and it's a, one of the conversations that comes out is football, high school football and getting the golden triangle. And one of the things they would always say, who was the greatest running back to ever come out of Port Austin? And it's always Lil Joe. And Lil Joe, you you were one of the best. But they always compare Lil Joe to one of the one of the greatest running back to come out of Beaumont. 
and that was Ray Ray Smith Jr. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know I'm sure you heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, he went to hey, he went to Kansas. Right. And played with Gail Sayers. They say he they they tell me the, the story is that they uh, he he showed Gail Sayers how to cut and Gail Sayers was one of my favorites of all time. And I went to Kansas. Only reason I even visited Kansas was because Gail Sayers went there and I could get some film of Gail Sayers. Right. So I got the film of Gail Sayers and I watched it and I saw this other back who was wearing this huge knee brace. You could tell, you know, uh, that, you know, he was restricted, but you could tell that this guy could run. And I didn't know it was really Ray Jr. Because I'd heard, you know, I'd heard all about him, but I got a chance to see him play. And let me tell you something. Hey, he was special. Yes, he was. Definitely he was. special. Yes, indeed. And you should, and Joe, you should have seen him when he played without the knee brace before he was injured. Oh, in his, yeah. Well, I can imagine. He was awesome. How did he hurt? So, where did he hurt his knee? In Marshall High School game, play, they played uh, Marshall, and it was in a ball game. And they played Marshall, and uh, they jumped on his knees, and uh, that's how he hurt his knee. And I think it's his junior year, or senior year, I can't remember, but that's how he hurt his knees. Gee, well, yeah, you know, I tell you what, he was, he was, he, he was something, and I, I could yeah. just, and I could tell that, you know, just from, you know, his running, you know, even with the knee brace on, yeah. Yeah, I told him he was, he was a, he, he could he could go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But coach, you've you've seen so many, so many. Who do you think was one of the greatest uh, uh, football player to come out of this area, besides your two sons? <laughs> yeah, because I, let me say this: I will. Michael I tried. Yeah. I tried to go on the low road and saying that. When Joe went to Baltimore, and I'm going to ask you a question. When Joe went to Baltimore, the sports writer called me and we talked about it. I said, listen, young man, I said, Baltimore is getting one of the best football players in the league. He can do it all. Block, he can tackle, he can run. He's an all-around football player. Uh, so that's my feeling. I, I will say that Joe was a hell of a football player. But it's difficult for me as a coach to coach so many young kids just come out and say my boy the best football player at that time. But Joe Boyle, Joe Washington was a hell of a football player, Mr. And no ear fans, but about Now to answer your question, there were a lot of great football players that uh, came out of the, the Beaumont area. So many of them difficult for me to even try to play uh yes. Uh, you, you you just almost have to look at what they accomplished. To try to use it as, it as a gauge. You see what I'm talking about? Look at what they what they accomplished. Because I played against one that came out of uh, Fort Arthur. Uh, went to Bishop. I thought he was a good football player, but he didn't. He didn't last. Uh, I can't think of the young man's name. I knew. I've been carrying his name around in my head for a long time. But he played football for Port Arthur in the fifties. Won championships for Port Arthur. But it's, it's, it's very difficult for me to say. Everybody thinks that the young man that played in Minnesota 
was one of the greatest that uh and, smiling? No, no, the, the big lineman was played in that a brown. Yeah, yeah, you did have a you did have a lineman that played for Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, right. Uh, yeah. Um 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 what was his name? Yeah, um, Kansas City Chiefs, I said Minnesota, but I think Kansas City Chiefs. Aaron Brown. Aaron Brown. Aaron yeah. Brown. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. And then there were other football players across the track, I understand there were football players in the area. Yeah. Well, Coach, you, I, I just I, this was something special I wanted to do because I, I wanted the Golden Triangle to know you, you're, you're, you're here and, you, and, and how we appreciate you during the time at Lincoln. And I think that's from, from uh, 65 to 95, right? Right, 30 years. 30 years. And, and tell you, you've seen Eight. some football games. You've seen some kids that that, that was waving and going the wrong way, and you brought them back the right way. Yeah. It's so much that we would like to thank you so much for what you have done for the city of Port Arthur and the Golden Train as well. Because we all know you guys. You know, we, we talk like we know you, like we... we <laughs> We live next door to each other, but uh, you guys was was y'all had a y'all had a a a a, a five six year turn there. Uh, it was it was like a Super Bowl run when you come through here and the Golden Triangle. Not just in Golden Triangle, but we had to go to Houston and play those teams like Gates and Worthing and 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 Wheatley and 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 yeah. yeah, watched you know. So I've been. It was competition every weekend in the Golden Triangle. I'll tell you one thing, though, Tony. Had it not been for that old thing called injury, uh, Port Arthur Lincoln would have had a pretty more uh, glamorous. Uh, right. If Joe hadn't got hurt, in, I think it was your senior year, Joe. Yeah, you got yeah. hurt uh, in the Thomas Jefferson game. I think you guys yeah. had a big run, probably one of the first. Yeah, um, to, to win in the U, UIL. Yeah, we we blew out. Yeah, well, I tell you what, Kim and I we were on a mission, weren't we, Kim? Yeah, yeah, we were. That 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 group of guys that we played with, uh, all of them was committed, and we all uh, came together and just played. I mean, if, as far as we were concerned, if we all we knew if we could stay healthy, there wasn't anybody that could beat us, and. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Joe got hurt, and, and uh, we just didn't have enough time to adapt to playing with Otto. Uh, but we 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 had we we were on a mission, and unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Yeah. Well, I tell you, you guys, that year was an awesome year, and Ken, you went three years without a loss. Yeah. Amen. amen. <laughs> so that's that's an achievement. Who is the quarterback in, in, in town? Boy, I tell you, <laughs> your demeanor was, was the tallest person out there, and you were just, you couldn't get hurt. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Tony, uh, I had the coaching staff, too, doing that. Yeah. Real good coaching staff. You know, when you play around, when you play with, it, well, when you coach with the best staff, you play around some of the, the most talented guys. It makes it a little bit easier to hang in there Absolutely. and not get worried about things because, well, they knew I wasn't going to ever give up, and I knew they weren't. So we had confidence in one another, 
Uh, we look at each other and uh, all we knew is that we were just gonna keep going. And if we lost, it's gonna be because time ran out. We weren't gonna ever quit. We took over my absence and did a great job. A hell of a job. Yeah, we we had some fantastic uh, assistant coaches. You I mean, did. I yep, I played for a lot of teams. You know, they were all good. They all had their unique personalities. They were all hard workers. They uh, respected you. You respected them. And um, I mean, it was really like a, a family of aunts and I mean, uncles and grandfathers and dads. I mean, that's that, that's how it really was. I, I my dad. My dad was really lucky to, you know, to have this type of staff that he had. But then again, too, you know, being how he is, you know, hey, you, 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 uh, you gonna get the good people to go work for good people. Right. Right. You really did have a great staff. Uh, you had to uh, can't think of your offensive coordinator, Jackson. Is it Jackson? Carl Jackson. Jackson was your offensive coordinator. See, I was, I, I would be walking down, I'd be down that sideline watching everything that was going on. <laughs> so I kind of knew what was going on. But guys, uh, Joe, uh, um, now that you retired from football, um, and you've been retired for a while, and um, you were, you was on the nineteen eighty three with an eighty four championship year that you won the Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins. 82, one in 82 and lost in 83. And three, right, right, right. So you 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 know what it's like to, to go to the big show. Yep. And and, and I remember one night, uh I, I I back in back in I can't remember, but back in, in 69 or 70, I'll never forget. No, I'm sorry, a little later than that. And I was sitting across across the room, I was sitting on the sofa with, with Bubba Smith. And I asked Bubba, I said, Bubba, what was the biggest game that you ever played in? And he said, the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. it's, like no other, it's like no other game. Did you experience that, Joe? Little Joe. Well, you know, you, you, know, you know it's a big game because you are the world champion. You are the best team on the planet. You get a big ring. You get a bonus. So you know it is, and you're the only game on that particular day. You know, everybody else is just down to two teams. And I'd have to say, you know, it it, it, it is the uh, the ultimate. You know, a lot of guys, you know, get a chance to play and they don't get to a Super Bowl. I, got a, I was lucky to be in the right place at the right time, you know, to go to two. Didn't win but one of them, but uh, it, it is a big deal. But guys, yep. I'm not going to keep. I know it's getting late, and um, Coach, thank you for accepting my invitation. Uh, and uh, I, I, we're, we're here in the Golden Train. Still talks about you and your your boy, just like it was just yesterday. And uh, I want to thank you so much for what you have done for the city of Port Arthur and the Triangle, and. Uh, uh, we want to just honor you and give you your props while you're still here with us, you know. And uh, hope, to, hope to see you again on the show. How about that? <laughs> anytime, anytime. Well, Joe, 
Man, thank you again. I, I, oh, Arthur, Lee, Arthur has left us. I thought he was going to ask you a couple few questions. I guess I talked to him enough. He's, he's uh, already left. But, um, oh, uh, you'll, you'll call me and ask me. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we got to do this again. Um, uh, couple, we've got a lot of comments. That I, I probably, we have a chance to go through all the uh, uh, all the um, questions I've asked, but uh, I thank you guys again, Ken. Man, I tell you, man, a uh, lot of folks don't know when you be talking about what they want to hear the old good old days, you experienced it, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been great, man. And the beautiful thing is, is that I got to brag a lot about the Golden Triangle, the competition, the people, the support that uh, the schools, the, the African American schools got, and one of them will win. So uh, it, it has been a pleasure, and, and it's a great opportunity for me to say thank you to the Golden Triangle for their support uh, for all of it. Coach, you have Mr. Renfro. Arthur. Mr. Renfro, this is Arthur Lee. Hey, I'm going to have to break loose, but can I, can, can I have one minute to say something real quick, please? Sure, sure. I was looking for you. Okay. Um, hey, I want to first of all say that old saying that the fruit don't fall far from the tree. I've had an opportunity to, to get a chance to know Joe quite well, and he called me his little brother. And I see where he, everybody get a chance to see Joe and Ken as football players, but I've been blessed to see Joe as a person, and I think it outweighs him as a football player. And that's saying a whole lot, and I'm grateful. I've had an opportunity to get a chance to see Coach Washington. And uh, like I say, he loves his family. Joe loves his family. He loves his mom, his sister that's no longer with us. He, I've learned more from Joe as a person than I have as a football player. So I just wanted to leave you all with that. Ken and he always talk about how great you are. So I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of you all. And thank you very much for inviting me to this. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hey, uh, Joe, I got one of you to uh, before we go. Uh, kind of tell the people what are you doing now? I know you with the athletic department in the, uh, back at the University of Oklahoma, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you, you know, I'm, you know, just uh, been in, you know been there for a long time, and you know, I was hired, you know, when uh, Stoops was there, and. Stoops, you know, uh, Coach Stoops, who's just now been inducted into the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he welcomed me as he welcomed me back as he did Coach Switzer when he first took the job, and um, allowed me to uh, travel, you know, with the team. I've been on the sideline, uh, uh, addressed the players, and he shows the film on all the old players that have uh, come before them, and he always tell them, he said. If you think you bad, we got a whole bunch of bad ones that came before you. So you didn't, they didn't create bad. And uh, he just allowed me to be a part and uh, really just reinforce, you know, the platform that, you know, they were trying to uh, initiate and make sure that these kids can follow. Awesome. Francis, you got any last words? I do. I just would like to say that it's been an honor and a 
privilege to be a part of this podcast uh, with such an esteemed um, set of individuals. So thank you guys so much for your contribution to our community and um, also uh, what you what you stand for. So very gracious. Thank you. Hey, Coach, I want to let you know that I thank you for your contributions to football uh, and how you raised your two sons, your children, and um, also Mrs. Washington for doing a great job raising you guys. And and uh, you 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 really is a item here in the Golden Triangle, and we still talk about you and your boys. And it's just great to have to uh, to, to have you guys on here and let everybody know that how you're doing and and uh, see that you're doing well and uh, great most great things are going to happen uh but we thank you again for everybody for joining us and by the way i'm going to give coach washington uh his last words coach i didn't want to know if i just wanted you have any lasting words coach listen thank you for this opportunity and you mentioned about those, those two boys that's what i tried to do at bay city is treat those kids like they were my boys and right. coach, the opportunity. Thank you again, Coach. Thank you again, Ken and Joe. And uh, God bless. We gotta go, but uh, all is well. Thank you for Thanks watching for Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. Be sure to like and subscribe to all Knowledge is Power social media pages. Yeah, we still on.